a broke single mom who'd been fired from Denny's go on to become America's most sought-after real estate investor. Hold on to your seats as you are about to go on a wild ride that results in you being a superstar. Dwan Twyberg, a.k.a. Wonderful, is about to blow your mind. The most wonderful real estate podcast ever promises to be your go-to podcast for everything that life has to offer. You are entering the Wonderful Zone. Hey, everybody, welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm your host, Dwan Bent Twyford. I'm America's most sought after real estate investor. And our motto here at Wonderful is people before profits. So if that's something that resonates with you and you're like, hey, I like that idea, then you're at the right place. This is your time. I've got such a great guest for you today. And over here, it's wonderful. Uh, I've been investing for over 35 years. I've done over 2,000 personal deals. I'm actually rehabbing a whole entire town. And we like to bring as many different topics for you to work for yourself, whether it be in real estate or entrepreneurship or just taking care of your mind, your body, your health, whatever it is, we cover all the gamuts over here at Wonderful. So I have an awesome guest today. I have uh, Rich Moyer. How are you today, honey? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to have you on today. So we always have like just a quick toast. And so everyone at home that watches regularly knows that we, we do a quick toast. So cheers to you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be on my show. Everyone at home, get your drink. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> Shake off whatever you got going on. And just tune in with us and listen and have some fun with us. Okay, so what we like to do is we kind of just throw you right into the deep end. So I'd like you to give us just a very short description of what you do. And then we're going to backtrack and ask a bunch of questions and find out how you came to be Rich Moyer. Yeah. So uh, what's your in, deal? In short, I'm a serial entrepreneur that has turned PGA prep. Uh, PGA professional into a franchisor, an investor and mentor. So I started my career in the golf industry and then started my first company at 26 years old. And now I'm a franchisor franchising across the U.S. Nice. Yeah, I saw that, that you started off as golf and then you've turned that into a franchise. So what is your franchise about? Yeah, so Hoppin is the name of the franchise. We're a high-tech, self-serve beer, wine, cocktail bar um we our slogan is beer beer cocktails and good vibes and we've just kind of differentiated ourselves in the industry of the traditional old school type of bars or tap rooms or restaurants and just a tech driven tech forward self-serve tap room where you can go in and pour your own drinks uh from a tenth of an ounce all the way to a full glass and we also have full cocktail bars and host private events corporate events and, and corporate parties all right now are these all over the country yeah, currently we have them uh, in the, the Southeast and we have franchises signed in Texas and Dallas, Fort Worth, and then uh, Nashville, Tennessee as well. Well, you know, my husband and I bought 20 buildings in Clinton, Iowa, and we're rehabbing these buildings. <laughs> and as it turned out, we've been putting little businesses into them. And one of the buildings that we have, I'm like, this needs like a brewery or some kind of a drinking establishment. So maybe you'll open one up in Iowa 
and I'll be uh, your first franchisee out there in Iowa. <laughs> we're we're down if the right population and the demographics there, we will we would love to to partner in that in Iowa. I uh, we've tried a couple times. I'm like I tried to get the building rented to a brewery, then someone bought another building, which is freaking beautiful, and opened this massive beautiful brewery. They took a really old church, like a big stone giant church, turned it in this brewery. It's so beautiful. I'm like, no. And there's another little place that has uh, just serves alcohol, like wine and alcohol uh, flights, I think they're called. And I'm like, no, we need something in one of our buildings. So I may have to talk to you about how to what how to do that. So what did you do before? So you started when you were 26. Did you start into this franchising business at 26 or were you a golf pro? Yeah, I was a golf professional uh, right out of high school. I got in the golf industry, became a PGA professional at 20 and did that until I was 22. And then I got into outside sales. Sales led me to, you know, if I can sell, I can do anything. And I started my first company at 26 as a uh, in the construction industry. So I was basically a broker of services for big box stores, high rises, hotels, hospitals um, and multifamily. And I grew that very rapidly and sold it for multi-millions two months into my fourth year of business. Nice. So you did multifamily, you did things like that. So what led you to like that area of real estate? Yeah, the real estate, ever since I was young, I bought my first house at 20, always had people pay my mortgage, whether they were friends of mine renting a room or, you know, when I, when I left and moved into a new home that I kept that home and rented it. And then I got into commercial real estate and got out of residential but the construction side was just more from a mentorship that I had. And there was just an opportunity in Charlotte, North Carolina, with the growth of the city. There was just an old school mentality in construction. And it, I just found that an easy way to get in was to be able to sell other services uh, yep. for people that couldn't sell it. And it just snowballed from there. Nice. And then so now that's kind of a big jump from the PGA to doing some real estate to being in construction to being a multifamily to owning a uh hop and tap room. Yeah, yeah, and the, so, I've also I mean, that's, owned, to me, yeah. that's like that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, kind of again, serial entrepreneur. So I have kind of a, a problem when ideas come, I just kind of make them into a reality. And and some of the ideas have failed and not have been have not been successful, but for the most part, my batting average is pretty good. And I also own six homemade ice cream shops with two of my best friends, and we're still expanding that. And a local media company here in Charlotte as well. And then uh, a small construction company here in Charlotte. And my wife owns two bridal shops, uh, one here. You guys are the entrepreneurial family right there. Yeah, it runs in the blood. That's okay. And you know what? Hopefully your kids, all three of my kids are in real estate and they own rentals and commercial buildings. And they still do other things like they're, you know, that's kind of like in their blood like that. So you got a nice little five-month-old right there. So raise them up in that, and you'll have a generational wealth full of uh, little entrepreneurs. Yeah, we'll keep him on the real estate side. Uh, less of less of a headache, I feel like, and more opportunity and more tax benefits. <laughs> yeah, unless they have like the serial entrepreneur mind, they're probably True. good and safe over on the real estate side of things. Yeah. But we got our kids, we got them like when they turned 18, 19, we got them into like getting rentals and yeah, it's like, hey, listen, you got to have some wealth behind you. And if you want to go off and travel the world or, you know, go, I always tell my daughter, like, you guys want to go like rolling the flowers and, you know, they're those sort of like nomad type girls. It's like, do whatever you want, but you still got to have something going on on the backside. 
So we got them all into investing. Love it. Yeah, that's that's key. I mean, that's where a lot of my money was made after I sold my first company was in real estate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, and a, lot, of, a lot of taxes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of taxes I didn't have to pay because I invested in real estate. So this field you're in right now, was there something like specific that you said, hey, I really like this idea? Or did it just opportunity showed up? Or did you seek it out? Like, where was that like, I want to, because having an owning franchise is, that is a, a, a bigger step, you know, selling franchises. People yeah. buy them all the time, but being the one that sells them and comes up with them and does all that, like, where was that jump? About how old were you? And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do franchising. Yeah, I sold my construction company at 30 and it all kind of transpired as I was selling my construction company. The idea was brought to me and I just saw something very specific that Charlotte didn't have, which was the technology piece, which eliminates 90, 95% of a bar owner's headaches. Um, everything that is poured in our tap room is accounted for on somebody's credit card or an employee's card. So the technology piece is what intrigued me. I'm not a big drinker. Uh, I honestly might have a glass of wine with my wife once a week, uh, if that. So it really wasn't that, but it was the vision of being able to build something where it was community driven. There was a great culture around it. Uh, it was different. I always say you don't have to be better. You have to be different. Yeah. And that's just how we started from day one. And the idea was never to franchise in the beginning, but as we built it, uh, it just became a business that was very franchisable and we've had a lot of interest. So over the years after the pandemic happened, we just started the process of franchising in, in the end of 2022. So for anyone that would be interested in like, hey, I like his idea. What would it take someone like someone like me? I'm like, hey, you know what? I honestly do want to have one of these franchises. What does it take for somebody like me to get involved in your business? Yeah. So going on to our website or, or reaching out to us directly. And then we'll have an initial phone call and make sure that you fit the culture and fit our brand. I think we'll turn away more people than we'll accept just based off of, of the culture fit. But after that, then financially, uh, it's it's about a million to 1.8 to open, depending on the city and the location and the building needs. And then what you know what the landlord is willing to give in TIA. Outside of that, we handle a lot of the, the headaches. Um for most of our franchisees early on and throughout the process of, of opening a, a location. And then once it's open, it's a pretty easy, smooth running um, business to, to run because of the technology. And we look for mainly multi-unit operators yeah. that are more of an investor with a manager running the locations. Um, owner operator, we won't turn them down, but it's our, our bigger picture is that all of our franchisees have multiple locations. Oh, that's really nice though. And you know, someone's gonna invest like that for the financial side of it, I would think they would want to have multiple locations opposed to like, I don't know, like a subway and you have it, but you have to work at it and put in this many hours. You could do that. Da, da. Like I would never want to have a franchise like that. I'd rather have something where I own it. And like someone's a manager and it's like, just, you know, check in with me. Yeah. My first company was 16, 18 hour a day, seven days a week. And I said, the next company I build, I'll be able to work from wherever I want and have a good team and create a good culture. And that's, that's what we've done. I think that's, for me personally, I think that's one of the best aspects of being an entrepreneur is that you can work where you, from where you want and you can have the freedom and, you know, you got a baby, you can hang out and just do the things like that. Because I find a lot of, especially investors in the beginning, they do, they put in like 15 hour days, they're rehabbing all day or wholesaling all day or landlording. It's just like, there's so much to it. 
And then they end up being burned out because they lose their personal life. Yeah. It's, uh, that was, that's how I was before I met my wife. And she's she's reeled me in a little bit, slowed me down, explained how important sleep is. And then she just made it very plain and simple. Of, Why work this hard if you're just going to work? Like you're working for freedom. And uh, after I sold my first company, I said I could make $100,000 a year if I have the freedom to do what I want. Yeah. Um, I don't need to make a lot of money. And, and that's where I am in life. And, that, and that's kind of what my vision is with Hoppin is to build that similar lifestyle for our franchisees to to be able to have the freedom they still have to put in work they still got to put in effort you know owning your own business is, is not easy but oh, yeah. to be able to have that freedom so uh it's own a hoppin h-o-p-p-i-n.com yep that'll take you to our franchise site and then hoppinbrands.com which is our consumer site there's also a link there for more info on franchising. And when people want to find you on social media, it's Rich underscore Moyer on Instagram. And then they or they can just Google you and find you all over the place. Yeah, they just search Rich Hoppin, Rich Moyer Hoppin. Uh, all, all types of podcasts and articles and things will pop up. I like the uh, I like the name Hoppin. Yeah, a little play on words. There's yeah, beers, yeah. beer has hops. And then when people come in, they're like, yo, Hoppin is Hoppin. Or hopping is hopping. So just a, a good bit of is popping. That's really good. That's fun. Hopping is popping. Yeah, it is because hop it hopping because it is. It's made out of hops. So like I thought, oh, what a what a good play on more. It's like when I, I go, my podcast is called the most wonderful. So I took the word dwan and the word wonderful. And I was like, I made a new word. It's wonderful. The world's wonderful. Everything's amazing. It's fantastic. And it made my own little vocabulary of things. I thought, well, that's fun. You, know, you can do a play on words. And I like, I personally am a big fan of play on words. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's wonderful is good vibes and good energy. Yeah. Good vibes, good energy, good times. And also fun and educational. All right. So if um, somebody was thinking about, I don't even know, like getting into a business or a franchise or looking into something outside of real estate investing, what's an actionable tip that you could give someone like, Hey, you know, start here and see where it leads you. Like what's an actionable tip you could get? Cause you know, people listening, they don't know. I don't yeah. know how to buy a franchise. Yeah. If you're looking for buying a franchise, that's a different kind of actionable tip. But if you're looking just to become more of an entrepreneur spirit or buying your first property, um, the biggest thing is I, I've always mentor and I teach people is, is one, you got to believe that that's truly what you want to do, but two, you actually have to take action. There's a lot of people that will just talk about it for years. Um, they're like, Oh, I've always wanted to buy a house or I always wanted to buy a commercial property. And then they never do it. Uh, the easiest way to learn how to do something is go do it. And I yeah. would say action, action over everything, because when I was 25 years old and going out to start my first company, I would go sell construction jobs that I had no idea how it would get done. I didn't have people to do it, but I would go sell it. I'd turn around. I would go find the people to do it that were smarter than me. And after the project was done, I'd look back and say, that's how you do it. I didn't read a book. I failed at a lot of things, which made me more successful. And action over everything is probably the biggest thing. Um, a lot of people just kind of get stuck in the thought and the idea. And an idea is nothing if you don't have action behind it. I, I honestly, I could not agree more because I still uh, teach at a lot of 
I do a lot of weekend uh, trainings. I teach people, you know, how, beginners like how to get involved and become a, a real estate investor. And I'll see people at an event for a RIA group, the Real Estate Investors Associations. I'll see people at a RIA group. And then we go back like 18 months later and they come again. Oh my God, I loved you so much the last time. I'm like, well, what have you done? Well, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still reading. I was like, do you know how many deals you could have done in the last 18 months? Like, what is wrong with you? And I've seen people that have been coming to see me, or, and not even just me, all, any kind of a trainer for two, three, four, five years. It's like, but you could have done 100 deals by now. Why aren't you? Ah, you know, and they're always just, I don't know what stops them. Fear, obviously, is probably the top thing. But they always have some excuse. Well, I'm trying to still learn this or learn that. It's like, listen. Just like you, get in there, sell the deal, figure it out as you go. And if you make any mistakes, those are great lessons. And if you succeed, you make money. And either way, you learn. So just do it already. Yeah. Yeah. People fail, fail, uh, fear to fail. I always say failure is your trampoline to success. If you're not failing, you're not losing um, or you're not learning. And if you're not learning, you're not growing. So failure is what takes you from here to there uh, really, really quickly. And I was on a podcast the other day and uh, the guy asked me, he goes, what would you say has been one of your biggest failures, you know, in the real estate, like something that you've done. It was just like a, like a super bonehead move. And I think he was kind of taken back. I said, well, I've never failed at anything. And he's like, what? And I said, well, if I fail or make a mistake, it's a super giant learning lesson and I never do it again. So I've never looked at anything as like, oh, I'm never doing that. I'm a failure. I said, I, and, and I said, I, I honestly can tell you my answer is never fail. And I don't think he knew what to say because everyone never like some story. And it's like, listen, I've had all kinds of deals that went wrong. They went south. I figured it out, but it was a lesson. So I don't look at any of that as a failure. Yep, I agree. I, I tell that to people. You'll, you'll never fail in life. You only learn if you actually learn from it and and improve on it. In the future, but not taking action. That's the biggest failure. That's yeah. I mean, you're never even giving yourself an opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, take the chance. Like, what's the worst thing that will happen? You know, it's the worst thing happen. You lose a little bit of money and you learn and you go, okay, you lick your wounds and you, you start over. Exactly. So I like that mindset about you. Okay. So we're going to jump topics. Uh, tell me what's your favorite band of all time? Ooh. If I'm going back in the day, growing up with my father, Eric Clapton. Oh, God, not I love necessarily Eric a band, but uh, classic rock and bluesy. Eric Clapton, BB King. Uh, growing up, I've always been in the R&B. So Anthony Hamilton is uh, one of my favorite old school R&B singers. Uh, now, country. My wife's got me in the country. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I love blues. Anything bluesy is like, like Air Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm just like, oh God, like moves my soul. I am a blues girl to the end of time. But I do listen to a little bit of country now and then. And I just discovered like in the last 30 days, Jelly Roll. And yeah. I am like this crazy fan. I'm like, I love his sounds. I love his music. It's like, I don't even know how that happened. I'm like such a super fan. I bought tickets to go see him. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do there because I'm not a country person. He's got a little blues, a little bit of blues too. 
He does. That's why I like it. It's kind of like a little country and a little blues, but it's real heartfelt, you know, like it moves you. Yeah. And it's like, so in uh, the summer, he's coming to our little town there and I bought tickets. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of country, a little rap, a little blues, a little this, a little that. And, and I'll have to learn some more songs before I go. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just funny how, but I have loved, always loved Eric Clapton. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. There's Bob Seger, Eric Clapton, Joe Bonamassa. I mean, yeah. there's, that's just a good good era of music. It really was. It really was. He's so great. Eric Clapton's fabulous. What's your favorite food? Italian. Uh, married Italian woman. Love Italian food. As picky, I'm very picky eater, but um, Italian is right there at the top. You can never go wrong with Italian. I love Italian food too. I don't cook it very often, but I like to go out and eat it. Yes. So I don't think I have like the, I don't know. I don't have like the, the, I, I guess I just because I don't know, but like I can never get it spicy or just right, you know. And then you eat out, you're like, oh my god, this sauce is so good. How do they make this sauce? What's your favorite part of the day? Favorite part of the day, uh, right now, it's my my mornings of workouts at six a.m. and then coming home and, and holding my son for a little while. Nice. Are the, you a good hands-on dad? Changing diapers and all stuff. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough, again, to have the freedom to be a part of a, a lot of his life at you know, these first five months. And that'll that'll stay the same as he gets older. So uh, lots of diaper changing, um, a lot of a lot of the things that, you know, some people or some dads might not have the ability to do and might not want to do. But I love every second of it. I do, too. And, you know, honestly, this, you said this was her first one. They, my daughter just turned 35 and I just look at her and I'm like, I don't understand how 35 years have gone by. Like, I remember giving birth to you and every little thing is like, how have 35 years? I'm telling you, they grow up so, so fast. Yeah, I'm 36. So my parents are like, yeah, I remember this was, I was changing your diaper not that long ago. Yeah, no, I just had her birthday and I was like, wow, I just. Where I don't even understand because it doesn't seem like like I think maybe when you're in the time, you know, your time is ticking by and year by year by year. Then all of a sudden you look back, you're like, they're only little for a minute. And then they're yeah. walking and then they're you know crawling and they're walking and then they're out of diapers and they're in school. Then they're like, Dad, can I have the car keys? And then they're married and you're like, how did that time go by so fast? Yeah. The it's days crazy. are days are long, but the years are short. That exactly. Yeah. I uh somewhere the other day on social media, they had a post about kids. Like you have, you know, 18 birthdays and you have like one first date and all these things that parents, you know, maybe two proms. Like it, it went through all these things that kids go through. And you really look at it in the big picture, it's such little time that we have for for some of their first or big or giant events. I mean, obviously getting married, babies, that's later and you're still part of it. But uh, but when I saw it, it's like, you know, it's like this many diaper changes, this many birthdays, this many proms, this many first days, this, this, this. And you get down, some of it's like one. Like yeah. there's one and then there's, that's it. And it's like, dang, you really can't afford to miss anything. Yeah, my wife said to me the other day, she's like, this, just embrace these moments because this is the smallest I'll ever be. Today and then today. tomorrow is the smallest he'll ever be. Tomorrow, and you know, um, six months he'll be doing a little army crawling around the house. You're like, how did he get so big? Then he'll pull yeah. himself up, and you'll go, oh my god, he stood up! Like, 
what happened to the time? Oh, it is. You really, I, I always enjoyed my daughter. I ended up being a single mom really by accident. But I was like, I want to be that homeroom mom. I want to go to the field trips and be the homeroom and have the fun house and have the disco ball and have the sleepovers and all the stuff. And I did all of that. And that's one thing my daughter said to me at her birthday. She's like, you know, I never, there was never anything that you weren't there for me. And that just made me so proud. So I was like, oh, because my husband, you know, Bill's my second husband. He messed a lot of stuff when his kids were little because he was like a super workaholic. And he's like, I don't have memories like that i have like he is i feel like i'm the cats in the cradle guy that that miss a lot of stuff and i was like well you know it's just you're never going to regret doing as much as you can the work will still be there and there'll be ways to make money elsewise but you are going to like you said there's only so many first times that you'll be able to do those things that's it all right so um so what is your biggest goal that you still want to accomplish and how can we help that happen? How can we help you? Yeah, uh, short-term goals for this year are signing on another 10 to, or I'm sorry, 12 to 20 uh, territories. So, and that could be six franchisees, that could be 10 franchisees, just depending on if they're multi-units. Um, so short-term goal for the next 12 months is, is bringing on a lot more franchisees. Uh, long-term goal for us is just uh, continue to grow the brand and get to a point where we get private equity to come in and and buy me out. So overall, right now, the goal is to expand the brand, go into the, the fastest growing cities in the U.S. and surrounding cities and you know, make Hoppin more of a national brand. Nice. Nice. Well, how can we help you do that? Besides sharing your podcast, is there anything we can do on this end to help you reach your goal? Uh, I mean, obviously, if your listeners are, are listening and it's even if I'm, I'm open book. So if there's somebody that's out there listening and maybe our franchise isn't the best fit for them, I'm happy to point them in the right, right direction if they wanted to franchise or just give them a little bit of mentorship if they um, if they wanted to start their own company. I think for me, shaking hands with everybody, you never know who you're going to meet. So your listeners just reaching out, even if they're not interested in the in our brand and hopping, I think it, it could always lead to something down the road. So uh, the biggest thing I think is just having your followers or your listeners just reach out if they want some mentorship, if they want to understand more about Hoppin and, and what we're doing across the country, or if they want to look at other franchises, I'd be happy to direct them um, and give them some of the top five things that, to look forward to. Well, we will certainly do that. We will promote you. You'll be on all my social medias. Everyone in my database will get emails. You'll be on YouTube. You'll be featured. So I always, you know, I, I feel like if I help others, then that's going to help me reach my goals too. Comes back. Yeah. That's why my dad told me since I was young, shake hands with anybody and be, you know, always feel like you're giving. Uh, it'll come back twofold. Even the goal is not to give and, and want anything in return. Um, but the earth works in, in funny ways and what you put into the earth will come back to you. Reaping and sowing, baby. That's it. Reaping and sowing. All right. So again, how would you prefer that people reach you? What's your what's your number one? Find me over here. Yeah, I think if you're looking just to keep up to date and what we're doing, all things business wise, and what I'm personally doing, all things business wise, uh, LinkedIn. If you want more of a personal connection, Instagram at Rich underscore Moyer. And then if you want to reach out to me directly, you can message me on those or just email me at Rich at Hoppinbrands.com. Uh, that's the easiest ways to get a hold of me. I've 
you, as soon as we hang up today, I'm going to go on Instagram. I always track everybody down. And I follow all their stuff. Because a lot of people, you know, like I didn't know you before today. And yeah. I always love to meet new people. And I am so much in agreement with shake hands, meet people, because you never know. You just don't know who's there or who knows. What's that thing that we're like uh, six six people away from like the person we want to meet or something like that? Yeah. I forget yeah. how it goes. It's been a long time since I heard that, but I forget how it goes. But it's like, you just never know. And you can just be some random place and say hi to everybody. And next thing you know, there's the person that you needed to meet next. That's it. The amount of times that businesses, my, my wife calls me a networker, not a networker. She's like, you meet people and then you end up doing business with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's more of just a, a people do business with people they like. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. That's that's the truth across the board. Yeah. So shaking hands with people and, and becoming uh, more than just a, a business transaction is important. And, you know, I, I totally live by that motto. People do business with people that they like. That's why when I interview people, I talk about what you do. What do you like? What's your music? What's your family? What are your values? Because I think a lot of people that interview people just ask, like, here's 10 questions. And you don't really get to know you, like the person. And I feel like if people get a chance to know you, people work with who they like. So I like to yeah. expose more of like the personality and what are things you like and don't like and what do you do and give us some tips and how can we find you? Because I feel like people will go, oh, man, I love that guy. He loves Eric Clapton. Me too. And there you go. There's a connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You attract, you attract the people that you want to attract. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's important. All right. So um, I have a couple more questions for you, but before we leave today, everyone, I want to tell you, to go to Dwanderful, D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, Dwanderful.com and opt in. I have a free ebook for you, Flip Your Way to a Fortune. And I've got a couple free gifts over there. So go over there and like, subscribe, follow TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, X, all the places. Just Dwanderful, super easy to remember. And also... Um, Go uh, check out Rich and go to his site, follow him on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. And, you know, if you feel like there's something there, certainly reach out, ask questions and, you know, spread the word. Also, uh, I always like to ask everyone if you enjoyed today and you had fun, you learned something, you had a little giggle, anything, then I would like you to subscribe to my podcast. Also, leave a five-star review. Subscribe over to uh, YouTube and hit the little button for notifications. I have over 200 training videos, 250 training videos over there. And also, Rich will be on there under my the uh, top uh, smartest and entrepreneurs in the whole world. So you'll be under the top category. And just stay in touch with all of us and let us help you do what it is that you want to do. So um, before we go, I always like to ask everyone to give us a parting word of wisdom, but I want to just be one actual single word, a word. Perspective. Ooh, good word. See, I never tell anybody ahead of time because I don't want them sitting there thinking about what word they're going to use. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, and then whatever comes to mind first, that is your word. Okay, so perspective is our word for the week, everybody. And so, Rich, what we want to know is what does perspective mean to you? 
Yeah, I mean, early on at a young age, my baby brother passed away from brain cancer. So it changed my perspective on life in multiple ways and in business. Uh, I was seven years old and watching a two-year-old fight the worst disease in the world um, in a hospital bed and not really understanding what it is like to to wake up in your own bed and, and be healthy and go do the things that you want really put in life in perspective for me. Um, and then when he passed, it, it really changed the purpose of why am I on earth? Um, and it's one to be an amazing leader, create a great culture and have the, the, the right mindset to be able to enhance other people's lives around me. And I'm able to do that with franchising and all the other businesses I own and helping my employees and my staff and the people that are, that are in my circle. But the perspective on life, you know, if you really think you have a bad day, uh, go into a hospital of kids that are fighting cancer or, or some of these bad diseases and and just really, really put your, your mindset into a different position, uh, a different perspective. Uh, watching, again, watching a two-year-old fight the worst disease in the world, uh, you'll wake up with a different mindset, a different perspective in life. So that's that's kind of, he taught me more in two and a half years than anybody's taught me in 36, and that will never change the older I get. I really love that. I'm sorry about the loss of your brother. That had to have been, mm -hmm. I mean, for you too, but gosh darn for your parents. It's like, mm -hmm. ugh. That's every parent's worst nightmare is outliving yeah. any of their children. It, it truly sure. is. And it does give you perspective. You're right. When you're around that, my sister sadly passed away from breast cancer about a decade ago. And she was only 50. And I'm like, God, that's so young. You know, I, in my opinion, and her kids, she had 14-year-old twins. And it was like, after that, I was thought, you know what? People and things and events and stuff, like there are things that are just so much more important. And your family and your values and your love and just all the stuff. And and so that it changed the way I feel about a lot of things. Cause I'm just like, yeah. you know, and I mean it's been a decade. It's like, gosh, I still think about it all the time. It's like, golly. So and this is with the baby, it's like, oh my God, there's nothing worse mm -hmm. than. But, you know, with all those little kids, you just got to pray and pray and pray and let God do the rest. So I love your um, your your idea of perspective. That's very sweet and it's extremely touching. So, again, I want to thank you for being on here today. Um, everyone, check them out. Get on Instagram. Go to ownahoppin.com and just stay involved. Again, opt-in is wonderful um leave a review some likes follow subscribe all the things and we will back back next week everyone same bat time same bat channel and remember that the truth is in the red letters i thank you rich i appreciate you being on my show today thanks for having me bye everybody ciao 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 Wow, wow, wow. How much fun did you just have? You listened to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Hey, do me a favor. If you love just one thing about the show, if you laugh, if you learn something, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Don't forget, next week, same bat time, same bat channel.